Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. In this episode, we interviewed one of Liz's friends, Lindsay. She is the daughter of two nurses as parents, and she's also a mother to two boys. So today we will hear her experience going through those two things and how it impacted her life. So today I'm very excited because this is a theme now. Um, I have a lovely guest. We have a lovely guest, Lindsay Hammond. You may recognize the name Hammond because we have spoken to Fred Hammond, Lindsay's dad, who uh, is an RN, a retired RN, and Lindsay's mom, who is a very dear friend of mine and a fellow registered nurse who I've worked with for excessive two decades before she retired. And now we're going to talk to Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Good morning. Hello, hello. Good morning. So excited to see you. And I think that this is so sweet that we have a whole family, you know, to talk to and get perspectives. And I want to talk to you very first about what it was like growing up with two registered nurse parents. Um, yeah. Talk to me about that. Definitely. Well, I, I can definitely do that. I love talking um, about them and my family. So that's probably why you got all of us is we like to hang out together. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That is absolutely true. Right. Um, and, yeah. and they're really awesome. So if you hadn't heard the podcast and got to know them a little bit, go listen. Um, but obviously I grew up with them. Um, so my mom has been a nurse my whole entire life. Um, and I was that kid growing up that People thought uh, she's definitely going to be a nurse when she's older. She's um, just so fascinated by the the industry and hospital settings, and it didn't weird me out. And I asked for um, an Ambu bag for Christmas one year. (laughs) Yeah. Just in case anyone needed, like, some resuscitation. Um, I got a photoscope when I was eight. Um, And American Girl dolls or whatever, they had like some offshoot that was, you could create a doll that looks like your kid. Super creepy. Definitely asked for one. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, I broke my arm when I was seven and I, my doll needed to break her arm too. So I went and got it casted. Um, and wow. she had a real plaster cast on her. So I was super weird and I didn't, it wasn't weird though, because of, you know, growing up around the hospital setting. Um, so that's like, you know, if mom had been a nurse only, I still would have been weird like that. Um, (laughs) when I was, uh, four or so, um, as the story goes, I think my dad had a midlife crisis, but looking back, it was like the definite thing that needed to happen. And, um, he had been in construction and he still is like, he's a, he he fixes things and, and, things and uh just so good with his hands and one day he 
you know, as I tell the story, he rolled over in bed. It probably didn't happen that way. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to go to school to be a nurse. And my mom probably laughed at him. And, and then he was curious. And, and he did it. Um, I remember sitting on his lap while he is studying anatomy. And um, he yeah. put music on and I put, you know, the headphones on. And he taught me how to play uh, solitaire and pyramid card games on the computer. And he did his anatomy homework while I sat there and just sat with him. And that's, you know, from a young age, I remember them both being people that if they wanted to do something or had to do something, they were going to find a way to do it well and to do it in a healthy way. Um, and in a way that, you know, kept everyone going. And uh, it wasn't like dad disappeared for two years while he did nursing prereqs and emerged as a nurse, like he was still around. And I mean, my mom worked night shift for a long time and I don't mm. remember them being absent, um, but there's no way that they were always there. Um, so somehow they, they found a way to, well, they probably didn't sleep. So that's, that's probably right. what I, I was going to say, we, we, Lori and I were night nurses together. Trust sleeping, sleeping was um, like, okay, well, maybe you'll get some today. Maybe not. We'll see. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, you know, my, my grandpa lived across the street from us. So my mom and dad ended up buying the house across from my, my grandpa, um, in the early eighties. And so they were able to raise all of us in that house. So we at least had someone who could smell smoke if the kid was on fire while someone, um, but it it never happened. So, you know, they, they nailed it. They really did. Um, and looking back, like, yeah, we ate a lot of cereal for dinner every now and then. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you knew times, looking back, I knew times were tough. But in the moment, they were present and engaged. And because I was such a joy, probably. And, you know, my sister. <laughs> exactly. We made it easy. <laughs> no, like, I know we were difficult. And I know there were tough times. But they, they're just really shining examples of parents and of people who followed their passions and put a lot into that, but still had sense of self. So they're, they're, yeah, that's really sweet. I'm the youngest of three. And so I uh, am five and a half years younger than my brother. I think if I can do math, yeah, five and a half years. And I kind of um, showed up um, and uh, maybe wasn't, I was desired, but didn't think that it would come to fruition. And then years after their second kid that they thought was going to be their last, just, um, medically, uh, you, you manifested yourself. And, and two is lovely, right? Like mm-hmm. I've got two and I am like, my heart is full and my wallet is empty. So I totally get two was going to be fine and perfect and lovely. And then I show up and I'm sure they were like, let's do this. Um, cause I was pretty oh, cute. Yeah. So they kept me pretty cute. Shana can relate. I have one. Yeah. You both have, have three. Uh, yeah. Lindsay has two mm-hmm. and Shana has three. Yeah. And, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about, yeah, you grew up the youngest of three, but were you really the yeah. youngest of three? Right. That's a great question. Yeah. So um, my sister, um, is, she just turned 40. So she was born, so crazy. I know, uh, eight and a half years before me. Um, and my parents were 
fairly young when they got married and young mm-hmm. when they had kids compared to their mm-hmm. friends. And so they have this beautiful baby girl that they bring home and are raising and nurturing and loving. And they started to notice um, she's really fixated on the light and lots of babies like to watch the fan oscillating mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, but she fixated on those things for a long time. And when she looked at you, she wasn't looking at you and recognizing that's mom and lighting up. She was looking at different pieces of you and, and trying to figure you out just really pensive. Um, and another interesting thing, she started talking and then she stopped and just like quit. Um, and my mom, you know, super attentive and, you know, it's their first kid. And so everything's wrong, right? They're sick. They're, yeah. they're, they're dying. They've got malaria. I'm like, no, right. <laughs> right, exactly. They're, right. it's a 99 degree fever. They're fine. Um, right. and so I think her doctors, my, my, the pediatricians wrote my mom off as like the over anxious nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, and crazy. she was a nurse. So points yeah. against you right there. Of course. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, forget it. You're, just, you're looking for things because you see it and <laughs> hear about it. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to, uh, she was diagnosed with autism much, much later. Like, I think she was 11, maybe 12 when she got formal diagnosis oh, wow. for autism. Um, but my parents knew she needed more than what, you know, public schooling could give her and more than just your standard, oh, let's go to speech therapy. So she got, my, my parents just stayed on it and they got her occupational therapy and um, uh, play education type stuff. And um, she went to a, a public school for a while and had a, a one-to-one and that was, she was coming home stressed and she had a teacher, I think kindergarten or first grade that was like, she's lovely and she's not going to love it here. We need to get her something else. Mm-hmm. So um, they found a, a private school system in Los Angeles that was really going to be a good fit for her. Um, and so they started the, the journey with a, a kid with special needs. And um, I think a lot of parents who have a kid with special needs, it becomes everything they do um, right. or it eats away at a part of you or a part of your relationship. And I'm sure it was trying. I'm sure there were times when my parents didn't want to talk about what's going on or didn't want to like, what's for dinner, right? Have the normal conversation. Yeah. So and they, they also had great senses of humor about well, using humor. Um, yeah, they really, yeah. About like, okay, this is our road and yeah. this is how we do it. I mean, Lori exactly. used to just make me crack up. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew how difficult it was. So, let, let's talk about you in the family dynamic, being the youngest. That's why yeah. I said, but, but were you, what was right. it like? You had two nurses working full time and three people in the house, three kids yeah. and an autistic sister who Lauren functions, but required, required care and looking after. Yeah. So um, I, I thought our dynamic was normal, right? That that's right. just what you grew up with as a kid. Um, and so my big sister um, was probably learning to read when I was learning to read. Um, and I always say like my love for reading and books, I, I tell people my sister taught me to read. Um, and so we, we got to share a lot of uh, learning together. We shared a room for 
uh, nine years. And then I, I asked if I could have my own apartment because she would talk in her sleep and I wasn't into that. Um, but I, I mean, she was my, she was my big sister, but my brother wanted to be, uh, the normal boy and totally was, and he teased both of us and I would tease him and Lauren would try to jump in and pick on us and tease us, but it never landed the same. And she would get so hurt. And I, I never wanted to see her hurt it. Like she, she was my, I never said it like this until later, but like, she was my baby. That was right. I don't want anything to happen to her. Um, and if she would come home and was crying, coming off the school bus, like I wanted to know what was wrong. I wanted to know who I could go like talk to yeah. and beat up <laughs> <laughs> six years old. And I tell my mom, I said, you know, mom, don't worry. Um, when you die, I'll take care of Lauren. And she's like, <clears throat> okay. Six year old. <laughs> they're there um yeah and and I think like once that was decided you know written in right. stone um it probably took more energy than I realized um and I was telling Liz like you know I'm working through that in therapy right now like what's it yeah. like to be the baby um but also be nurturing and probably asking yourself to have more patience than someone twice your age would even have a capacity for. Definitely. I think I also was, you know, very interested in that. I think you figured it out at a very young age. Like my big sister requires extra, extra time, extra attention, extra teaching. this is what we do. Yeah. Such an interesting thing. And you didn't become a nurse. No, I took a biology class um, in my freshman year of college and, and really struggled in it. Um, Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, this is going to be rough if I keep going down, down this path. Um, <laughs> right. I, Science, was, no thanks. <laughs> I know. It's a multitude of things, you know. I think it's a lot of the socialization thinking like, oh, I'm not right. good at math. I'm not good at science. Therefore, I can't learn to do well in those or well enough to, to get the classes I need. Um, but I ended up, you know, chasing classes that I really enjoyed and that um, provoked uh, just deep thinking. and lots of writing. I think I was like, let me just, you know, like I like talking, let me just write and, and turn Mm -hmm. that in rather than being graded on fill in the blank, multiple choice. You're either right or not. I was like, let me finesse my way through, through college. And it's a great, um, great skill learning and learning early. Like, Oh, it's not expected of me to become an RN. It's not expected of me. I can really do anything I want, which led you to college I actually yeah. remember taking you prom dress shopping. How funny is that? That just popped into my head. Is that? Yeah. We did that, didn't we? One day. That was fun. You were like 17. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was that kid. Who, yeah. I grew up around, you know, my mom's friends who were mostly nurses and they were, you were my friend. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like now Shana's going to be my friend. I, <laughs> I just, yes. I, she talk to. <laughs> I gravitate to strong, mature people. Um, because I've always been treated as a strong, mature person. Um, cause mm-hmm. I think we had to be my brother too. Like we, we couldn't be young and like, you know, running around town and coming home whenever, like we had to come home to help out, to be present, to thank our parents for working so hard. Um, 
and to hang out with Lauren and and make sure she was okay. Make sure she like got off the bus okay and wasn't teased that day. And did she go pee when she got home? Because right, just something so simple as why are you so cranky? Because you haven't right. Yeah, if you've ever had to hold your pee, you're like frantic and anxious, just not realizing you need to do that. Yeah. What was it like when you were finally ready to? spread your wings and, and move on and then saying bye to your sister and oh my goodness for holidays or however that went. I think, so I, I remember talking to my parents, if I go to a school like UCLA, I will come home every few days to do laundry and I will come home on the weekends. Well, why should I even pay for a dorm? I should probably just stay here. Wait, that's not getting out that's not growing up um I knew that if I stayed I would be staying and Mm. that would become essentially the next step of what I had already been doing which is you know being a part of the Hammond family Mm. um I wouldn't figure out who who Lindsay was with without all of my my people so I found a school that looked like Hogwarts and um (laughs) It was like perfect, you know, ivy covered brick and, uh, and it was in the Tacoma, Seattle area in the Northwest. And I was like, that's close. Um, just, you know, North a little close bit, enough. two and a half hour plane ride. Um, and I missed my sister so much. I, I know I made the right choice. Um, I actually, I like to think I'm the reason we're all in the Northwest now. Cause I, I think you in- are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on, it's great. It's um it's cloudy but refreshing. Uh and I, I sold it. I finessed it. I was like, come on. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I missed her every every day. Um and, and she calls, she calls me still like almost every day. Um and I can tell if she's sitting in the car waiting for my mom to do an errand or if she's at home. Um mm-hmm. I always pick up her calls. There's never a time when I see her name pop up where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to answer this. I don't want to talk to someone right now, even though I totally screen other people's calls. Yeah. So the nurturing and never left you, you go to college, you're in the Pacific Northwest and you get through school and you study. I study college student development. Um, I love that. it's so, I, still, I mean, isn't it so ironic? I mean, not even ironic. Like, of course you did. Taking yeah. care of yet more people. Yeah. I, I became an RA in college. And so in each of the residence halls on any college campus, in order for parents to feel okay with leaving their newly 18-year-old uh, mm-hmm. alone, uh, they make sure that there's uh, semi-responsible students to kind of be leaders in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, point them in the right direction, make sure the building doesn't burn down. And then there's people who supervise um, those students and put on the the pizza parties and the study programs and the self-care activities. Um, Everything that you can think of that doesn't happen in a classroom uh, was likely facilitated by someone who in some way or another supported college student development. So all of your, your programming things, your school dances, your um, orientation back to school events. Um, that's all my side of things. Taking care of people when you're 20. I mean, exactly. right. And I loved it. I got paid to do it. Um, and yeah. then I found out I could uh, study it and get paid 
um, to keep doing it. And so I tell people I lived awesome. on a college campus for um, almost 12 years, 20, yeah. 2008 to uh, 2020. We heard Lindsay's story about how she met her husband, Brian. And next, we wanted to know about how they started to grow their family. Let's talk a little bit about you guys getting married and you get to your next step, which is boom. Yeah, we, we had always known we wanted to get married. We want to have kids. Uh, we asked each other, like, is there anything we want to do before kids? And we both kind of thought about it and decided eh, anything we want to do, we can do with kids. Great attitude. We knew nothing. We knew nothing. Um, So how long were you married before you had your first? uh, We tried right away. So um, we, I I had been on the pill for forever. So Mm -hmm. it was like, this could take years or it could go really smoothly. Um, Uh, Let's, popular misconception about birth control pills, ladies and gentlemen, we just don't want to put any false information out there. (laughs) Being on the pill does not mean you won't get pregnant for a long time. In fact, it's quite the opposite in most cases. Okay, moving on. Because, boom, we did. So we did conceive, um, we did conceive probably like on attempt number one. Right. um, If I track it. Um, but I, I did have a miscarriage for for that first um, little babe, and it was probably about nine weeks along that I found out, um, and and I was actually okay. Um, it was it felt weird, like something didn't feel right, and so that that thing that would the cogs that would have clicked to make you excited. I had a lot of questions and just like mm-hmm. I don't feel right. I don't feel excited. I'm achy. I'm spotting like what's going on. And so um, uh, ended up having a miscarriage and thought I was pretty good until I saw a friend who had a baby that would have tracked really closely with that first pregnancy. And it's hard. Um, I mean, I have a great support system and um, a really good concept of how common miscarriage is. And so I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel like it was my fault. Um, or that, you know, it's never going to happen for us. Um, and quite the opposite. I thought, well, that proves that we can conceive. So, you know, let's, let's try again. And that was baby Owen. So, um, we found out around November of the year we got married, we got married in July and found out in November, we were having a baby and Owen shows up, uh, July of 2017 and uh, he's four years old now, and um, he's, you know, he's the best first baby we could have asked for. He's and so he's like, he's really sweet. Everyone is like, the first thing people say when they meet him is, oh my God, his ears are so cute. He has like the perfect little stick out ears. Um, <laughs> they are adorable. And, and he's, he's like a, a very slender, I was pretty small when I was a kid and now I'm sturdy. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not worried that he won't be sturdy and, and healthy, but he is very slender and he's my petite boy. Um, mm-hmm. And he's, he's just a sweetheart. Like I'm, I'm definitely a lovey-dovey person and, and so are both my boys. So, so he's my full term baby. I had him about two weeks early, which they're done developing at that point they're just kick you know packing on fat and so that's probably what it is like he didn't have those two weeks to get real chubby and fat so he just <laughs> stayed my little boy um brian is amazing and patient and was like i'll be a stay-at-home dad uh i didn't like what i was doing and um i'll 
I'll rear this child. And he's annoyingly really good at it. Mm, and very don't you hate that? It's like, it's, okay. it's infuriating. <laughs> it's infuriating. So I was that kid who everyone was like, you're so naturally patient and, and amazing and nurturing of you're going right. to be a great mom. And like, I didn't feel like a good mom. It was hard. It was mm. so hard. I, um, I had good success with breastfeeding, but I was like, kind of controlling about it. Like just a lot of anxiety about, yeah. am I doing it right? And why am I not, I'm not patient. I was this patient person my whole life. And I was so on edge. Like this naturally great dad is living with me as my husband. And I would look at him and I would just be so frustrated that he was taking a nap or that he <laughs> could cook dinner and the laundry got done and I'd come home and be frazzled that I couldn't take a shower, right? Like I was trying to compare apples to oranges and mm-hmm. yes. you know, why, why does the baby cry and need me? Why doesn't he cry and need you? Or just take him, it'll be fine. And it wasn't, you know, and, it, and some babies just want their mama and... Mm-hmm. I was like, he's with his dad all the time. Why isn't it, why isn't it working? Um, and so I, w- I was just frustrated all the time, yeah. but on the outside was overjoyed and he's such a lovely baby and I'm happy about this. And so kind of would balance the, I had a good sense of humor about it. Like, yeah, I can't say that people didn't warn me that mother mm. hard, um, And so I was able to use humor to kind of temper all of the frustrations. And so um, I think that I had definitely like postpartum depression that didn't go really addressed for a while because I'd go to these, um, you know, OB appointments or at that point, they kind of pass you back off and you can see your primary care and um, they're more asking your normal questions like, oh, how's how's breastfeeding going was obviously one of them. And they'd be like, yep, how are you? You take your little depression scale, but I wasn't depressed. I was in love with my husband and in love with my baby. And I have a good mm-hmm. job. I leave and I had a roof over my head. I'm fine. Um, I just get angry about mm-hmm. how hard it is to do dishes. And that like, it felt silly it felt really silly. And so I didn't give that a lot of attention. Um, so we moved to Michigan and I was chatting with Liz and another friend saying like, Oh, I, I loved nursing. Um, I didn't have my period for a while. And then now that it's, you know, back, it should be light. Wait, no, I still haven't had my period in a while and I'm not nursing. (laughs) So, and did I, I'm on the mini pill which honestly I knew nothing about. They were just like, here, it's the mini pill. Do you have any questions? And I was like, no, take it at the same time every day. I didn't take it at the same time every day. I think I Uh missed doses somewhere in there in in the moving shuffle. And Um, with mom brain and being tired and all that stuff. (laughs) When was my last dose? I don't know. Did I miss yesterday or two days ago? Or where is my pill pack anyways? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you had a seven month old. You're in a new town. You're in a new job in a big school. Yeah, I was at University of Michigan. I loved it there. Great people. Ann Arbor is an incredible town. 
Um, and we were like, yeah, we can do this. We started meeting people who had, you know, young kids or who liked babies. Um, and that, that was good because we had a baby. And then I took a pregnancy test and we found out we were going to have another baby. Oh my and gosh. I looked, at, I looked at Brian, who's, you know, the, the primary point person in the daytime for child raising. And I, I was like, can you do it? And he was like, yeah, let's, let's see how it goes. And so we, we went, you know, full steam ahead and we're like, all right, let's meet this kid. Um, we end up finding out we're going to have another boy. So we kept all the clothes so we could save money. Right. Cause we moved to Michigan to save money. What could go wrong? Um, and okay. Let's talk about that road to what could go wrong. And I'm not going to say wrong. I'm going to say unexpected. What can occur? So let's fast forward yeah. to 34 weeks. Oh man. Preterm. So, um, at about 33 weeks, I remember taking like a, a bump selfie, right? So I'm taking a photo and I'm getting my, my belly and I, I posted it on one of my social media accounts. And I said, like feeling really pregnant and I'm like starting to do the waddle, you know, they say like second baby, your body really knows what to do. But I, I just had like, I didn't show a ton, um, but I wanted to. So I really showed off my bump. And I posted that photo. And later that day, I started having um, Braxton Hicks contractions. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's all they are. But they would last for quite some time. Um, and I went to the bathroom. I was uh, doing a, um, a training class. And I went to the bathroom. And I was like, I don't think I peed myself. I feel like I would have noticed that. But I did feel like there was like a little warm sensation. So I went to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, that's, that's probably just like norm, the normal, Making. the normal things yeah. that happen. Mm -hmm. And I go home and I am talking with my mom. Cause I think at the back of my head, I'm like, let me call my, my mom. Labor and delivery nurse mother. It was a labor and delivery nurse. <laughs> and I said, um, yeah, my, my, uh, Braxton Hicks are really weird. They're like, two minutes long um and they're like every or they're like 30 seconds long and they're like every minute it's it's just not like letting up it's just very weird and I have kind of like a backache going on and um she's chatting with me and how do you feel do you have a headache are you swollen anything like that and then I go well and do you remember the day Owen was born I saw some like leaking in my underwear she's like get your butt over to your doctor right now like why did you wait I've been talking with her for 20 minutes like why'd you wait to tell me that part that's you're probably leaking right you probably like ruptured yeah, your water broke. and have yeah. like a, right. a little a slow leak going on um and that's how they described Owen's um birthday that there was a probably a small hole and there was just a leak and mm -hmm. you, yeah, we're going to deliver him that day. And so I'm like, I'm 33 weeks. Like that's, that's wild. Oh so, um, mm -hmm. I go in, they confirm it's, um, it is amniotic fluid and, um, we're gonna, we're gonna check your vitals, check baby, all that. Um, baby was a little distressed because of the contraction. So I have no idea really what was going on because it's all a whirlwind. Um, but the, what they tell me is we are, we're going to try to get this baby to 34 weeks. 
Um, so we're going to give you antibiotics just in case, because if, if leaking can come out, bacteria can go in. So we're just going to keep things, try to get on top of that. Um, baby looks fine right now. So we'll just keep an eye on him and, and go from there. And, uh, I was in uh, the U of M, um, women's hospital, um, in their wonderful labor and delivery unit, um, for a week. And, um, they induced me on a Thursday at midnight. So almost Friday. And I didn't deliver for another like 39 hours. It was a long drawn out thing. And I think that baby like didn't want to come out. He was like, no, it's warm in here. I'm fine. fine. It's a slow leak. We got time. Um, and then, uh, finally, um, on uh, October 13th, um, at like 5 40 40 in the morning or something people should remember this huge event but I'm like I, I don't know it was early um we deliver baby Connor and so he's six weeks early and um goes to the NICU right, right was this 2019 so this is a year later I had a seven month old when I found out right. and now these boys are 16 months apart so I thought I had this like mature toddler. I had a baby and gave birth you to did. another baby. Um, yeah. So, but you know, you're, you're just going, you're just going with the, with the motions. And so Connor was in the NICU for a week and then he got kicked out. They were like, he's fine. He's just small learn to eat. So they actually needed his bed. There was a baby getting helicoptered in that really needed the bed. They're like, okay, he's no longer jaundiced. He just needs to eat. So um, I had been pumping around the clock and trying to, you know, give him the the liquid gold and all that. Um, and we were supplementing with formula because I like I was like, yeah, let's pump him full of all the good things that we can. Um, here. And he went to pediatrics though. He didn't go. Nope, home. He got moved upstairs. Yeah, kicked out of NICU, but moved upstairs to peds. Um, <laughs> where they put this tiny baby in a normal kid bed. Crib. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, he is little. He's very little. Um, so he was, he was tube fed for, uh, till the day we got discharged. Um, and then he finally was able to prove that he could drink out of a bottle. Um, and so we got to take this little tiny guy home. So how much did he weigh at birth? He was, um, just under five pounds, I think. Okay. Yeah, or right around five pounds. Little. So he wasn't tiny for a premature baby. Right, for a thirty-four weeker. Yeah, yeah that's so like pretty good size. Yeah, they were. They called him a faker. They were like, he's, <laughs> he's a faker. He just wanted attention. Um, and so uh, we brought him home and started our life as a family of four. But I will say, we could, we didn't do it alone. We we can't do it alone. Um, I called my mom the, you know, obviously I told her what was going on and I said, Hey, I'm being admitted. Can you, can you come? And she got a flight and was there the next morning. Um, wow. so she was like, Bye, so that Brian could be with you yeah. at the hospital. And- yep. Um, wow. and so, you know, my dad, who has always been a capable parent was like, I got this here at home. Cause Lauren, Lauren's still with them. Um, and so she came out and she stayed for just about a month, I think, uh, maybe a little longer. 
And, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do it without her because for the week that I was in the hospital, we still like Owen couldn't just like be hanging out in the hospital all day. It was super boring. He's, you know, 16 months old. He needs to play and run around. And she like full-time grandma'd him for um, that week. And then uh, the second week that we were still in the hospital with, with Connor. um, Oh, I guess we were there for two more weeks. Um, One week for me, two weeks with Connor. Um, and, and she was like our, our lifeline and, um, you know, I cried and thanked her for it. And she was like, oh my God, I would have, I'd do it all over. Um, but don't get any ideas. Like, let's not do it over. Um, (laughs) so, so we're in Michigan. I've got help from my mom, uh, at that point in time, but at some point you're like, okay, we got to go back to real life and, and figure out how do we raise two kids? Um, and, uh, you know, we, we made it work. You figure it out, you develop a new routine. Um, they kind of take turns when one's having a rough day, the other one kind of watches. Next, Lindsay shared her experience of being a mom to two young kids, including a preemie baby during the pandemic. And I'm sure many of us can relate to her experience that it's just really hard and depressing and you're cooped up and you feel isolated. So they actually ended up moving in with her parents in Washington. And she said that was a great decision for their family. Next, we wanted to ask Lindsay just her final thoughts and what she wanted to share with you at the end of this episode. You had closing advice. You have a NICU baby, you experience Mm -hmm. labor and delivery again, you experience what you described to me as wonderful NICU care. And you get back home and you're trying to do it all. And what is the uh, what is the end advice? You can't do it all. You can't do it alone. You you. I think we we know we're capable. So funny. We know we're capable of it because we're strong. Yeah, you have to ask for help. Um, marry your best friends because you have to be okay with the hard conversations, um, having a sense of humor, laughing at yourself. Um, and if you don't have, you know, grandparents in the picture or, or parents in the picture who can drop everything, um, it's going to be okay, but you got to find a village. And, and I mean, online had been a good source for me for a while. There's good Facebook groups out there. And uh, again, it's that sense of humor. And, and you just, had hooked into breastfeeding support groups and, Oh yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah, I just stopped nursing my now three-year-old, um, about, uh, five months ago. So we did two and a half years where it was like, that was the thing I was clinging to that was quiet time. And that, that was all I had each day that I could like count on. And and at a certain point I was like, okay, I think we're both good now. We should figure (laughs) out this next chapter, but yeah. Um, online support, um, having friends who you can text and be like, I'm annoyed at my children and they're really cute and I don't like them right now. And same thing with my, my husband, like he's in the room and I'll say it. I love him and I don't always like him. Right. He's really good at parenting. I didn't think I was, um, and, and yet, I am to driving children and a yeah. new house in Oregon and new jobs and happy yeah. and making it work in COVID. Yeah, we're doing it. We're still doing it. 
You're wonderful, Lindsay. I loved talking to you. Thank you. I loved visiting you this year in your new home in Oregon, another one of my favorite places. We love you. Thank you so much for your story. That was marvelous. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye, Shana. Bye, Liz. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as birthnurseliz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.